Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Selecki. And I'm PJ Doran. And this week we have Chris Cruzel of Dripping Wet as our guest. Moto America, the home of the AMA Superbike Championship, is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. This season, nine rounds of the best racing on two wheels will be happening. We've got 20 Ono Superbike races airing live on Fox Sports. Super Sport races are going to air live on MAV TV. This year sees the return of the King of the Baggers. There will be three total rounds of that. We can't wait to see how it plays out at Laguna Seca. Four rounds are also featuring the Mini Cup by Motul. Be sure to follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, name the youngest rider to win a professional AMA motocross race and what event and year did this happen? More on that after our interview with Chris Cruzel. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Pit Pass Motor today. The man behind Dripping Wet, Chris Cruzel. Chris, thank you for taking the time and joining us on Pit Pass today. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Um, thanks for having me on. It's been a while since we talked to you. I myself, Chris, am a customer of yours, so I have reason to uh, reach out to you on a somewhat regular basis, and you do beautiful work. I could sing your accolades uh, ad nauseum because you helped me personally with my... Uh, logo design in its original phases and your and your artwork has just been amazing it's held up wonderfully over time so that begs the question how did you get started doing what you do at drip and wet you know i actually bought some stickers that were garbage <laughs> i said i could do better and i didn't know how where what to start off with and just looked into it and kind of started from there and so now this is correct me if i'm wrong 100 percent of your career is that true currently yes but that hasn't always been the case correct i mean this was a side hustle for a long time yeah as i got my feet wet into it you know you can't just quit your job and it's always a risk so i, I burn the candle at both ends usually oh man i can't do it anymore because i'm getting older but back in the day i mean there was nights when i slept two or three hours that was it so i just can't do that anymore <laughs> I could imagine as somebody starting a business, that's you pretty much got to live the business for a while until it takes off. But I'm, I'm kind of curious. I know a lot of businesses today do business, I guess, less conventionally. I mean, is a lot of your business generated by word of mouth? People see your work or is it social media or do you do a lot of advertising in some ways to drive business? I don't do any advertising other than social media. 
So it's all pretty much word of mouth. But I do try to get out to as many races as I can just to have a personal presence. I try to get out to some CCS races. It's been a while since I've been to a weir race. They don't come up in the Northeast as much in the Mid-Atlantic region. And I try to get to as many Moto America races as I can. The last couple of years has been a little harder just because there's so many last-minute orders to get to the track. And it's just hard to, to work like a, a 15, 16-hour day than three hours later jump in a car and drive 13 hours, you know, to Road Atlanta. So I, I unfortunately, I had to skip Road Atlanta this year. I, I planned on going. So I went to VIR. I'll do Pittsburgh. I'll do Jersey. And I'll probably do Barber just because it's the end of the season and things should be semi-normal by that point. I mean, we're pretty busy year-round, but I think I'll be able to sneak away and go to Barber. Chris, are you still a one-man shop or have you gotten so big you've got to have minions now? No, well, my wife would kill me if I said I was a one-man shop. She She's a big part of it, but she doesn't do any of the design or the printing. She mainly does packaging, shipping, all that stuff, which, believe me, is a, a ton, you know, of help. But, no, we're pretty much just me and her. You know, we just work out of my house and uh, pretty much work. It's all I know how to do is work anymore. You know, you get used to working seven days a week, 15, 16 hours a day. And on Sunday, I cheat a little bit, but pretty much – you just you get so used to doing it that's all you know as a matter of fact the power was out for two hours here before and uh it's hot out it's like 95 and i'm like oh please come back on so my ac is working but i i didn't know what to do for like two hours i i couldn't do anything on the computer i couldn't do any printing couldn't i just couldn't do anything so it's just it was a weird feeling you know just not working that is a sign that you are well ingrained in the system you've created for yourself you do some of the coolest graphics for some of our favorite racers here on pit pass. I get to talk to racers all the time. I was very recently at a moto America van up at road America. I'll be going to Brainerd here shortly. I'll be at Barber as well. What other areas? So it's well established. You're in the moto America paddock. Your work is there. New racers seek you out. Are you in other forms of motorsport, other, other types of motorcycle racing? Are you in the off-road world as well? Just some supermoto for some of the guys that train. I don't do a lot of off-road stuff. The, the last thing I did that was non-motorcycle like racing was uh, I did a car in the Rolex series a few years ago. It was the, uh, the J-Lo TRG Porsche. I'm still kicking myself in the ass for that one. They offered for me to take a couple laps at Watkins Glen, and I was just too busy and couldn't get up there. And it was a, a, a 911 RSR which that would have been pretty badass to drive. Oh, yeah. You know, just motorcycles mainly. And road racing, somewhat specifically, the, the supermoto bikes, obviously they're motocross bikes of a form, and so the graphics, I'm sure you're doing the full die-cut fender decals that actually fit the bike, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, actually did a little bit of a volley stuff, too, for uh, the kids out at, the, uh, at Road America and the Ridge. Oh, right on, that uh, new uh, Mini Cup. That's awesome. Getting involvement on that stuff. Well, including Mini Cup, uh, I think we had 11 podiums this weekend. Right on. So you've got a whole host of guys that you're working with that are also young, which means they're going to be with you for a long, long time. How does it work for a racer when they get in touch with you? Uh, somebody at the Moto America level, for example, is there a cost? I know I gladly pay you whatever you ask for your decals because they are cut above and they're absolutely worth it. Do you sponsor racers in a fashion through your uh, decal work for them? 
we do a select few. We have to budget it like any other company, though, and we usually kind of set those later in the year. It varies, of course. You know, HSBK is 15 minutes from me. They keep me busy putting stickers on bikes. <laughs> it's on Baz's bike, so that that's a little bit of a, you know, that was like five sets to start out with. And then, of course, I think Westby ordered seven or eight or nine sets in the beginning of the season. So it's good when somebody orders a whole bunch of sets. I know some people can't budget for that kind of stuff, but it almost gets it out of the way for a while, unless they have a really bad year. And then, of course, they need more. But, you know, you never know. That's really cool that uh, it's every season. So I'm sure as, as team sponsors change, little changes mean new graphics in a lot of respects i'm sure are you doing do you do stuff off the bike as well like helmets leathers anything because your logos certainly transfer to other uh, applications in the racing world i've done a bunch of helmets i take a different approach some people wrap a helmet completely but the average person doesn't know how to wrap their helmet you know there's, there's a little bit of an artwork to it and you got to stretch it and cut around the vents and all that i do mine kind of in sections so the average person could just get them in the mail and put them on. Instead of one big giant sheet, it's, you know, pre, pre-made for... But I, the only thing is I don't have all the helmets. I have Shoei X14, I've got the Bell Race Star, AGV, Pista, and I think the GP is the same as the Pista, the same shell, and a 6D. So it take a little while to, to make up the design, you know, the template pieces, and then, of course, then you got to work on designs. But it's just, you know... Like I said, we we just work all the time. There's always something to do, always something new to, to start doing. So this keeps us busy. Chris, I'm curious. You said at the top of the show that what led to this pathway in your in your career and your new business was uh, you bought a crappy decal and thought you could do a better job. What's some of the trends? What have changed? Is it the materials? Yeah, I when I buy a graphics kit, I'm just blown away at how easy they are to work and, and get into place and stretch and they form better. I mean, what what are the things that have changed over the years that have made that better for you? I think that the technology is always changing in that market. You just don't notice it because it's a sticker. But they, they do use different materials. Some places, their formula for their vinyl might be more stretchy than others. Some of the clear that you put on top might be a little glossier than others. So they kind of make changes too. And then uh, recently, I actually upgraded my printer. It was old and Parts were becoming obsolete for it, so I ended up getting a brand new one a couple months ago. That one is amazing. I mean, you could hook it up to a phone or an iPad. Runs very clean compared to the other one, constantly doing maintenance on the other one. This one's super clean, quiet. You know, technology just changes so much in that kind of any electronics. The way I look at graphics is if your helmet, bike, whatever, it should look like it comes out of a race hauler, a pro team. If it can't, then it's just numbers on your bike or whatever you know if i rode baz's ducati or Skoltz's r1 i'm not going to go as fast as them because i just don't have it you have to have some kind of ability to make these kind of things a, a creative you know something in the back of your mind to, to come out with stuff if you don't then you're just making stickers i guess at that point chris you are yourself an motorcyclist correct is that still happening i know i think dating back you were uh in the dealership setting as uh, an employee and most of the guys at dealerships ride, right? That was actually a car dealership. Yeah. It's good memory though. Cause I, uh, I worked in car dealerships for 22 years straight out of high school. I did that. I'm getting old now, but 
I've always had bikes where I raced motocross most of my life, got rid of that. Well, my first street bike was an RD400, and my dad gave me that, and that was really cool. I should have kept that bike. My first, like, post-motocross racing, just I want to get a street bike, was an Aprilia Millie. Then I ended up getting an Aprilia factory. Then I ended up getting an Aprilia V4. I've always liked the brand. My latest one, I have a, an 18R1. And I'm sad to say it's probably my favorite bike, but I have a thousand miles on it and I got an 18. I just, I rode it for the first time yesterday, this year. It's just been so busy. I just don't have time anymore. And I, I have to make time because I don't want to like not have a motorcycle and not go riding. Cause I only went out for an hour and it was like one of the best hours I've had in this year, probably. It is exactly the thing that brings us all to racing. And I feel your pain, Chris, as a, an employee at a motorcycle dealership, it directly impacts how much you ride. I find that I ride less now than I did before I was an employee at a dealership when I was actively racing and doing the track days and everything else that go along with wanting to be a better racer. Do you get to do track days at all? It sounds like not much. Uh, if a thousand miles since 18, you probably haven't had her to the track yet. Actually once. And kind of a shout out to team promotion. I, they're close. They were at Pocono, which is close to me. And I just went there to see some friends of mine. I rode up and they asked if I wanted to go on the track. I had never been on a track before. And I said, sure. And I was slow. You know, the banking was fun, though. I wasn't slow in the banking because that takes, like, zero effort. I don't know why people get all worried about banking, but <laughs> and that was the only place I was fast at because I could just hold it wide open. You know? But everywhere else, yeah, I was kind of slow. But I had fun, you know, got to rough up my tires a little bit, you know, just do the whole thing. But whenever I ride, uh, it's almost, I won't say it's a chore to go riding, but it's a good thing when you think about it, though. I, I only ride with a full suit, you know, boots, gloves, everything. I would never go out. I don't even like the street to begin with. I think people in cars are just, you know, looking to try to hit you almost, it seems like. I'm fortunate enough to live near the Pocono Mountains, so I'm five minutes away from just being on deserted roads that are uphill, downhill, windy, usually no cars on them. So I'm kind of fortunate where I ride, but, you know, everybody out there, you should definitely just dress for the crash, not for the ride. It's hot. I know leathers are hot, but, hey, if you're going, moving, you're fine. True words right there, at Gad, as the saying goes. I've got a buddy who has that tattoo after a very uh, unfortunate incident. His entire arm is at Gat to remind himself of such, that you always put on all the gear all the time. I couldn't imagine if I lost, like, my whole right side was, you know, road rashed and my fingers broke, or, like, how would I even work? You know, I mean, I have to think in the back of my head at some point you know and i don't ride like an idiot on the street either i just go for rides i mean maybe a little spirited ride here and there but i'm not one of those guys doing wheelies down the highway at 150 i i'd probably flip it over anyway but i i just like riding on windy roads and just getting out you know it's just away from my computer and it's just kind of fun and then i come back and read all the emails that i usually end up getting or voicemail so <laughs> What's next for Drip and Wet? Your brand is clearly well-established in the industry. Are you moving on uh, to other race series? Do we see Drip and Wet in World Superbike or MotoGP as a future happening? Is that possible? Mm, I've had a few things in World Superbike, just a couple odds and ends stickers, not like complete team stuff. And actually, you know, it was unfortunate how my stickers got into MotoGP, but it was the Simoncelli. The year he passed away, the little memorial stickers for the paddock. 
I got contacted and had to send them over to uh, forget the actual round it was. It was the, the following round after he had passed. So I've had pretty much my decals on just about every kind of bike, every kind of series. It's fun for me because I'm a fan. We're all waiting to see, you know, the Baz Gagne battle. And it just seems like things are getting in the way. But I'm, <clears throat> I love being at the races. I like watching the races. Uh, a couple years at Jersey, I usually mingle around the pit, stay on hot pit lane, you know, hang out with a team. The one year at Jersey, I think it was like two years ago, I actually went over by turn to one by the bridge. I sat in the bleachers all day and just watched. Just totally went as a fan, just hung out all day. I mean, after the races, you know, mingled around the pits, but it was a lot of fun. It was great. I mean, the enthusiasm over there, because Jersey's a big ground, and it's always packed. Tons of people are there. It was a lot of fun. Well, where time is wrapping up, Chris, and I wanted to give you a chance. Is there anybody you want to give a shout-out to? Our racers usually talk about their sponsors, but you are the sponsor. So anybody you <laughs> want to give a shout-out to, we'll give you the time to do so right now. You know, probably the Westby team uh, and the HSBK team. I mean, there's so many other more. There's there's BardCon, there's Hudson Valley, there's Honos. Westby, he contacted me back in 2009, and I've been doing stickers for their bikes since 2009 for Dane before and for Matthew. It's been a long relationship and a really good one. They're great people. Trig is, is great to be around. And uh, I enjoy being around HSBK, too, because, like I said, they're 15 minutes up the road from me. So I can go up there just about. I usually end up dropping stuff off, usually once a week anyway, going up on a Saturday and hanging out. So it's a lot of fun. And Graves. Can't forget Graves. They're responsible for a lot of stuff on my bike. And they've been a big supporter of mine for years as well. You're naming the who's who of our Moto America paddock. Well, thank you again, Chris Cruzel, for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us on Pit Pass today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Oh, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. This week's Pit Pass trivia question was, name the youngest rider to win a professional AMA motocross race and what event and year did this happen? And the answer is, of course, Robbie Raynard, who was 16 years old when he won the Steel City Motocross National 125 class in 1993. An impressive ride for a 16-year-old kid against some of the fastest guys in the country. Upcoming in motorcycle racing news, we've got Moto America from Monterey this July 9 through the 11th. Also, American Flat Track going to DeCoin, Illinois on July the 17th. The Dutch World Superbike Race will happen July 23rd through the 25th. Thank you again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you won't miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Haverson, Chris Bishop, our producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ. And I'm Dave. We'll see you next week. Have a really good time.
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.